0: Welcome to Watch Out for Fireballs, episode 64, where we are talking about Heroes of Mine Magic 3. Tom was. A man wanted to get a free audiobook. He was shit out of luck. Now, things are different. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash out for fireballs. Be there and be square. I don't know about you, But I like the simple pleasures. The brisk smell of a mountain stream at sunrise. The companionship of a large dog or small horse. And a nice grid made up of squares. North, south, east, west. Squares will show you the way. Four sides, four corners.
1: For America. Paid for by the Corner Commission. Some people would have you believe that four sides is enough for you. But what are they hiding? Who knows how many sides they don't want you to know about. Maybe they're giving those extra sides to those minorities you don't like. You work hard, and hexagon grids believe that no amount of sides is good enough, but six sides is a good place to start. Hexagons, because you deserve half again as many sides as you think you deserve. Paid for by the Sixfold Path to Prosperity.
0: Back in the day, I was building a shed with my granddad, And I asked him, what for does a wall have four walls? And he told me, Sonny, back in the day, there was a strange man with strange ideas who got it in his head to build a six-sided house. And that man grew up to be Jeffrey Dahmer. True Americans like Ty Cobb, Toby McGraw, and Albert Einstein, they all had four sides. Now, I'm not saying these six-sided hex cranks, will drug and devour your boys. But are you willing to risk it? Four sides, four corners. Just one America, though.
1: Awesome squares that taste like America. Paid for by the Corner Commission. Take a look around. See if you can find any square grids. Oh, look! A blogger is checking into a free-range tempeh restaurant on four Square. Oh, look, a bearded podcaster is uploading his files to Squarespace. Squares. Who's using them? Millennials. If you support Square Grids, you're handing our future over to the shiftless and entitled. Hexacons. Because Millennials are scary. Paid for by the Sixfold Fold Paths Prosperity.
0: Time was we had to get by with less. And these darkened Uncertain times, we need stability. Now our opponents want you to believe that millennials are in the pocket of the square grid lobby. I'm here to tell you that that is patently false. Studies by Time Magazine, The Atlantic, and BuzzFeed.net have showed us that millennials are the worst and they must be stopped at all costs. No matter which you prefer, Hexagon Grids or Square Grids, stand up,
1: take action, and complain about a young person today. Paid for by the Joint Commission for Watching Out for Millennials. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross.
2: And my name is Brian.
0: And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast.
1: And this week we are talking about Heroes of Might and Magic 3, which is a turn-based strategy game developed by New World Computing and published by the 3DO company for the PC in 1999. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and- as, you, as you heard, we have a special guest, Brian, one of our uh, Kickstar- uh, Kickstarter backers. Um, thank you very much for uh, for joining us, Brian. Oh,
2: thanks for having me. Yeah,
1: yeah. Brian uh, suggested this game.
0: Um, for us, and uh, yeah, we're really glad that uh, that he did. Yeah. Um, Brian, do you want to talk a little bit about why you picked this?
2: Uh, sure. Uh, basically, I started playing, actually, with the first version, well, not the first, but the previous version of this, uh, Heroes of Might and Magic 2. Um, Basically, I just picked it up one day in a store. It was really fun. It actually ended up being my first multiplayer game that I played online. Hmm. Um, And then when the third one came out, I played it, and basically it just improved in every way on the second game so since then I've just been it's one of those games I just always come back to you know yeah
1: did uh did you have any um, previous like strategy experience where you picked this one up or was this your uh, your introduction to the genre
2: um I guess the only previous would be uh like civilization games mm-hmm. yeah yeah which aren't quite the same but
1: yeah, there, there, there's enough there though like this uh, this scratch my Civ my my sieve uh, my, my itch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you um did you keep up with the series? Like did you uh, play the later ones?
2: Actually no. I actually haven't played any of them really past the third one. Um basically it's just one of those things where I just kind of grew out of the genre and whenever I have an itch to go through the genre again I think about doing a newer game but just always come back to this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that could be I mean people on the internet it's not there's a little people tend to like this one best or the second one best. Yeah, I see like I uh, see around. So you're not you know, you're not wrong there. I haven't played. um I have the fifth one, but I haven't tried it yet. I picked it up and, during some steam sale and it was, you know, too cheap to pass up. Yeah. Uh, but this is the only one I put any serious time into. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I can see I mean, it does seem like pretty mechanically airtight for, for this type of game. Like it, it's, uh you know, it's hard to see it, that many places for room for improvement. In, in what this in what this does. Um, and I, one of the reasons why I was glad that uh, you chose it is because it's not – we haven't really done it. I was thinking back, like, the only strategy game we've done is Sacrifice, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's really odd. But yeah. uh, this is the only – this is the first, like, this kind of strategy game we've done.
1: Yeah, especially you for know? as PC-friendly as we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and this—I mean, this is you know—and this is PC as shit. Uh, this is very, very a PC game. Yeah, this is very, very PC um, as a game. The um, so just kind of um, you know the game kind of plays out over these different scenarios where you control heroes that command uh, armies you build in towns. Um, there are several possible win conditions. Um, the most common one is defeating all the enemy heroes, claiming their towns, and wiping them off the map.
1: And hearing the lamentations so. of their women. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to leave the further discussion about the game's kind of actual mechanics, the, the ins and outs of the systems, um, to the main body of the episode. Um, since this game doesn't really follow what we usually do, you know, which is kind of narrative-based structure discussion kind of things. Um, yeah, we're going to uh, leave that.
0: Yeah, it might. But, <laughs> but I, mean,
1: I, I don't
0: know. Like, yeah, because it, it has a story.
1: It does. Like, we'll, it, we'll talk about it, the a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, it has a story, but it's not, you know, it made, you know, my eyes shut.
1: Yeah. Kind of looking well, at it. Well, when you see so, that many <laughs> superfluous whys, It like the, 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 uh, there, there's no friction to the words, just kind of, yeah, and skip yeah. Over it, and it's, yeah, I
0: just read, like, real bad, like, you know, Nanomi, uh, writing, you know, national, is that right? Nanorimo? Yeah, Nanorimo, uh, fantasy novels. Like, yeah. initially, like, it's, I mean, it could be good, mm-hmm. but it just, it was so, it seemed so painfully generic. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: like the, so the other, the heroes games are kind of a, a guidance that say, that, uh, takes place along the mainline might and magic games. And those are kind of first person, um, RPGs in like the vein of, uh, like wizardry. You know, um, so, but these are, so there's the strategy series, which is the heroes, and then the mainline might and magic ones. Yeah. So the two different things. So, mm-hmm. and then do you, um, either of you guys, do you guys have any experience with the mainline might and magics?
1: Uh, uh, I don't personally. No, this left me intrigued enough just to see the, how the systems differ. Um, you know, not so much for the narrative. Although the stuff that you hear about uh, the 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 whole "so far in the future, it's the past" kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, has me a little bit intrigued by the by the story to see where that pops up. Because I like genre mess messing with stuff um, and phrasing things awkwardly. Uh, but yeah, I do not <laughs> have any prior experience; just curiosity.
0: Yeah, it's it's something I've been meaning to do. Like I've got all of them again by like Gog. Mm -hmm. and i've been meaning to do a deep dive on because uh the one that i've played which is whatever one they ported to the sega genesis um is really really fun yeah and i I enjoyed that quite a bit Mm -hmm.
1: um there are two official expansion packs for this armageddon's blade and the shadow of death um we didn't play these um for the uh for, for the game or for the for the episode so we won't be discussing them at length unless they come up brian do like do you uh do you have any experience with them
2: uh yeah, I actually yeah. bought both of them back when they were separate expansions. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Um I mean the big changes if I just real quick, mm-hmm. uh Armageddon's Blade basically adds a new town to play as and Shadow of Death adds a new mechanic where you can combine artifacts.
1: Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I read about that other town which is kind of uh kind of about about elementals. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: you can play the, the version that you buy of this game on gog has them both already included yeah and you can uh, choose the other town I think you can choose them in kind of um, you know pick up campaigns as well like pick mm-hmm. off scenarios pick up one scenarios mm-hmm. you can choose the yeah. new town I didn't get a chance to play as it um, since it wasn't in the base game and mm-hmm. because the each you know individual play session of this game is very long yeah. Um, I just ended up having a, like a, you know, I ran out of time before I could try the new, that new race, but I definitely want to. Cause mm-hmm. that's one of the, uh, you know, the, the races play largely similar. Um, but they have these nuances. And that was really interesting checking out all the different kind of races, nuances as you play. Um, and we, we all play this on PC, even though it's been ported to Mac and Linux. And there's also a Game Boy
1: Advance version of it. I or Game Boy Color. Th- there, there's a Game Boy Color version of HOMM2.
0: It's this game but it's called HOMM2. Really? According okay. to Wikipedia, yeah. Huh. Which makes me think that there must have been, you know, it's like a Final Fantasy 4 2 thing and there must have been a, you know, HOMM1 on the Game Boy Game Boy somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah, mm. and I think we're up to 7 now. I think 7 is the most recent one.
1: Yeah, I could be they, wrong about I, that. I think that they merged the two of them though. 7 was the one that was put out in um in uh 2011, uh, mm-hmm. except it doesn't have heroes. It's just Might and Magic. Blah,
2: blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They dropped the heroes part of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I'm just. I, I'm. I'm. Yeah. You know, that curiosity just extends just because this is such a mainstay of PC RPGs that just I'd never had any experience with. And yeah. It's influential. Like you know, for as much as it's kind of derivative of usual uh, fantasy mythology, like it's it's prolific, and I just kind of want to see where they went with it because I have no idea what this is influenced beyond it. Right.
0: You you know what my biggest like PC RPG blind spot thing is, is uh the the middle ultimas. Yeah. Like someday I'm going to sit down and play like Ultima six, seven, and eight and mm-hmm. you know, get through them, but I just I've never done it before. I've only played yeah. the NES ports when I was younger. Yeah. Um but yeah, I really like I've been I, I with you. I have those kind of blind spot, mm-hmm. you know, and then sometimes it will stress me out. Like it is a dumb <laughs> thing to, to stress me out, but I'll just be like, Man, God, I've got all those mind Magic games on my Gog account, I should, I should play those Keeps without realizing up. that I'm asking myself, you know, <laughs> to, to, like 700 hours. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what I should do for the next year. God! <laughs> yeah.
1: Just, just, just go away to your hermitage and yeah. power through these 15-year-old games. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so from my understanding, Ultima 7 is really good. Um, of yeah. Those. Um, and then Ultima Underworld would be good if the interface was scrutable at all. Like yeah, Ultima Underworld
0: World is a little bit rough to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've tried that. The um yeah, Ultima The Quest of the Avatar, which is Ultimate Four, mm-hmm. um, is fun. Yeah and really interesting. Like if it wasn't so mechanically obtuse and difficult, that'd be a great watch out for fireballs game because it is it's got a very very interesting and ahead of its time
1: take on morality. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um in games. Mm.
1: It's so. it's a very Catholic um, yeah. version of, <laughs> of morality based on works and deeds, <laughs> and not a Protestant uh, one, which is what everything else is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's that's uh, the, the the broad strokes of it. Uh, do we want to talk about the plot a little bit?
0: Yeah, tell us a little bit about the plot.
1: Yeah, so the main campaign of uh, of, of this game is called the Restoration of Arathia. Um, e R A. Fucking that
0: fantasy thing where yeah. like the stand-in for Earth always has to sound a little bit like Earth. It has
1: to, has to roughly <laughs> anagram to Earth. <laughs> yeah, with, with with all the extra of uh, so it's all the extra letters have to be vowels.
3: Yeah.
0: In- In uh, Starflight, the stand-in for Earth is Arth. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Arth. Uh, And in Fire Emblem, the stand-in for Earth is Marth. Um, yeah, yeah. but so, so, uh, the, the main campaign of the restoration of Arathia, uh, plays out over seven kind of scenarios, campaign kind of things. They're bundles of, uh, of three, you know, actual map matches. Um, each of which tells a particular part of the story from the perspective of a different faction, um, in the Might and Magic universe kind of surrounding this kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a good way to experience play from, uh, from all the different town or faction types, right?
0: Yeah. And, yep. And the the kingdom of Arathia is a setting different from the, uh, the previous games. We've got King Griffinheart of Arathia, and he's been assassinated, um, leaving the kingdom in turmoil as the surrounding kingdoms attempt to conquer it. Uh, Queen Catherine, Gryphonheart's daughter, uh, sends forces back to Arathia to recover her homeland and restore
1: order. Yeah. Yeah. And so, as she's doing this, the, ne- the, the necromancers of Deja. Deja? Did, 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 did they say it out loud? Am I saying it right? I kind of want to give it a, a, a soft J, so Deja. Let's Deja. Say, yeah, let's say Deja. Deja. I think it's Deja. Deja? Yeah. yeah.
2: It's been a while.
1: <laughs> okay. Don't quit your Deja. <laughs> Stupid necromancers. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Does that sound familiar to anybody else? Um, so the necromancers <laughs> of Deja attempt to revive Gryffinheart as a powerful lich, uh, a lich king, if you will. Uh, hmm. But this backfires as Lord Griffinheart strikes out on his own uh, path of destruction. Queen Catherine then reluctantly allies with the necromancers in order to stop the end uh, in order to unstop her undead father um, <laughs> pardon, pardon me. he's back everybody <laughs> is back. The boy. Uh, what kind of an adventure is he going to get in this time yeah sorry about that <laughs> right. yeah I'm back <laughs> yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. So, so I love it that uh, every every strategy game plot that I've ever uh, looked at and they're mostly incidental so this isn't like a scathing criticism or something that's like a
2: like a, a deal break
1: However, every plot means like, oh, man, I have to team up with somebody who I never would have teamed up with before yeah. at the end of it. I also yeah, that's like pretty
2: that common.
0: It, it, it keeps happening. So it's because they have to have this, you know, these different factions and have this kind of multiplayer balance. But they mm-hmm. need to justify the single player campaign, you know, having you play as these different things.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and still make you a protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, uh, I like how Griffin Hart's going to come back as a powerful lich because the upgraded... Unit type for liches are power liches. <laughs> like it, like everything has this kind of you know logical uh, different creature that it becomes mm-hmm. except for liches. So there's liches and power liches. Arch liches, you fool. Yeah, where's your second edition monster manual?
1: Yeah, idiots. You took everything else from it. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know there's a dog-eared copy next to your <laughs> next to your computer. Yeah.
1: Thank you for not saying toilets, so you wouldn't yeah. upset me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh.
0: I assume they're not doing that much designing on the toilet.
1: Yeah. So who knows you ever who seen knows? those, uh, those, uh, those iPad stands. Like it's like a music stand, but for your iPad to put in front of the toilet and it has a toilet paper, uh, uh, roll on the side of it. Yep. It's a thing. <laughs> Indeed. I
0: have the, if I'm on a toilet and want to use a tablet PC, I use my hands hmm. to hold it, you know, yeah. like, like as you do, like, as <laughs> I don't need to like have a stand for any, you know, Something I'm just going to hold and I'm using it anyway.
1: Yeah. It's kind of silly. Hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that's the, the, the that's the plot. Um, and then, so do the, do the expansions kind of like take off on that or are they separate uh, things in their, uh, in their
2: main? They kind of took off on it. The uh, Armageddon's Blade adds some, but most of them are kind of just separate side stuff. It's sort of like sequel stuff. And then Shadow of Death is mostly kind of like a prequel type campaigns.
1: Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. so that's why in the complete edition the Shadow of Death uh is above Restoration of Arathia. Um yeah. thoroughly confusing me.
0: And <laughs> tricking you into playing a really tough
1: yeah. Campaign right out <laughs> like the a gate. A really really hard one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh So, um yeah. instead of going beat by beat through all of these, um you know, to give a background on kind of how we split this. Uh Gary you did uh Long Live the Queen. Yep, um, the
0: first I completed the first two and died in the third one horribly.
1: Yeah. Um, I accidentally started Long Live the Queen, and then I switched over to Devils and Dungeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, real clever, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's a chick. It's a... <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, no. Know. After I lost, I had to uh, somehow weasel out of having to kill myself because I lost mm-hmm. my character. I lost my yeah. heroes. Yeah, yeah, the character dies in the game. Yeah. If you, if you die in the game, you die in real life. In real life, It's, yeah. second, it's the second most uh, common cause of death in the U.S. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so uh, th- those kind of roughly map out to be uh, to be good and evil. And then there's the neutral ones, which has the uh, like the dwarves and such that are kind of just stuck in the fray on the borderlands, right? The dwarves uh, and that's the lizard much
2: dwarves, but like, like you said, kind of like swamp people and barbarians, basically. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, people from South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> so.
2: yes,
1: <laughs> with, with with their dynasty's duck. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. The um, okay, yeah, yeah. There's There's alignments. Yeah. In this game, whenever you do one of these uh, strategy games, they always start you off with the blandest race. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I like the humans. Okay, especially I mean, you start getting angels, and you're and that's it gets pretty, pretty crazy and a little mm-hmm. bit out there. But you're always starting out with archers and and spearmen. Yeah. And uh, or you know Terran Space Marines and stuff, and I always kind of wish that they you know would put a more interesting foot forward, you know, in the beginning. Because I yeah. like, pretty much like whenever one of these games comes out, I want to play as the most alien possible thing. Yeah, you know, um, I just want to get to that. And this game ended up being the the Necromancer. Yeah. They ended up being my favorite. Oh my gosh, it the by Necropolis a
1: mile. is so fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it ended up being my my favorite by a mile. But like mm-hmm. I would be, I mean, I would have done the Demon Worshippers, you know, and I would have mm-hmm. been pretty into that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. that was uh that was the most fun thing about uh about uh devils and dungeons. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. It was uh, all the devils. Yeah. Dungeons <laughs> not so much. Well, like the, uh, the dungeon <laughs> the, the like the dungeon guys are uh pretty fun to play as as well. Mm. Yeah. Because there is a difference between <laughs> <laughs> devil
0: guys and dungeon guys. Yes.
1: Dungeon man. Oh wait, mm-hmm. that, that that's an actual thing. I wasn't just saying nonsense. Um
0: the um yeah, yeah. So so the uh essentially is so we're going to talk a little bit about like what you do in the game. Yeah, like just give you the real basics
3: Mm -hmm.
0: on it. Um, you play as a hero. You start off with one, at least one hero. And these are generals. Like this isn't like, um, you know, like Warcraft 3 or something where these are powerful units. Mm -hmm. Um, they are there for a strategic advantage or to cast spells and just kind of be your avatar. And you, uh, you go around a, a broader map. You have kind of a, you have home bases and then you have like kind of resource nodes and random encounter, like kind of spots, monsters out on the map. And there's a wide variety of these. Yeah. And essentially, like, you're going around gaining your strength while time passes and building, like, you're building a town at the same time to kind of build up an army.
1: Yeah. So this the, this adventure map kind of place is where the game really reminds me of Civ because you are expanding your territory and making sure you're fortifying it and making sure that you are controlling enough resources and able to uh, in order to uh, enable your cities to grow in the way that you want them to because there are resources like gemstones and crystals or sulfur, mercury, et cetera, that uh, that that are all used to build these uh, to build these things in your cities.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different resources. Mm-hmm. Like sulfur. I need all this sulfur. Like dragons won't join me unless I get sulfur. Um, (laughs)
1: It's like vitamins.
0: Yeah. 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 The, uh, yeah. And it's uh, the, there's a tech tree as well for each individual. It's very simplified. Yeah. So it's not, you know, but there's, there's kind of a tech tree and you don't, there's no layout element to building a town. Right. So the town just kind of exists as resource supply points. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I ended up doing was I would have like my, my first string and second string heroes, and I would send the first string out while I left the second string kind of back close to home, waiting for the beginning of the week, uh, you know, kind of the beginning of the month payday, going to get my new guys and then (laughs) sending the, uh, uh, sending the first, uh, sending the second string guys out with, uh, with, with, uh, troop resupplies to, uh, to get more, uh, you know, more armies for my, for my mainline heroes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, supply lines are incredibly important in this game. Like doing this baton pass of troops Mm -hmm. from hero to hero. Like that, that was my strategy as well. Like whichever my, uh, you know, my hero that, that was out on the front lines, kind of grabbing stuff. You also have certain resources that recharge at the beginning of the week. So like I'd make a stop by the windmill and make a stop by the, uh, you know, the the
1: leprechaun. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The the (laughs) little (laughs) tiny dancing leprechaun looks kind of like a, like a system tray icon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's gonna he's, he's gonna tell you about all the the tips of WordPerfect too.
1: Yeah, it's, he's you like Clippy he's like he's a little bond, he's a little bonsai buddy. He'll sing Daisy yeah. Daisy to you.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, oh, yeah, he's
0: adding on the map. It's great. <laughs>
1: yep. Um, But yeah, uh, but but like those little uh, details about the map are kind of cool, at least to a lot of visual clutter, unfortunately. But uh, but the idea that you have kind of this exploration, so you're going out and you're trying to find, you know, where your enemies are and where their cities and the relevant pathways to them and, you know, trying to figure out how you can keep that supply line up. But there are also just monsters around the map that you can go (laughs) fight in order to... uh, get these artifacts and these resource nodes, uh, that'll give you a steady supply of what you need in order to, uh, you know, fight the main guys.
0: And these are static. They should be noted. So you like people can station monsters, uh, at, to guard a resource. But yeah. when the, when the map starts out, there are just monsters in certain places, guarding treasure or guarding uh resource nodes. And it's not like they wander around and can run into you. Like you are, you are active yeah. and the world is reactive for the most for most of the game until you know your enemy stumbles acro- upon you
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh yeah yeah and there's artifacts out there which is really important which kind of reminded me of like playing this game reminded me a little bit of it kind of has a little bit of DNA with like a dota yeah a little bit like though you know going out and killing you know gaining strength before doing kind of a push mm-hmm. you know using the world map like using neutral yeah, resources yeah. To, to gain to gain strength before taking on your opponent mm-hmm like, it's kind of like a proto, you know, it's like a proto Dota. Yeah, it's proto Dota. Um, Dota. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just the, uh, yeah, that was really, that was interesting to me. Like, oh, I need to just gather my strength against these things. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you know, strictly level up. Um, usually you'll be worse for wear after an encounter, you know, mm-hmm. other than what the spoils of it, but you don't uh, actually gain strength from fighting. You're, you're actually your hero does, but your troops do not. Is that correct, Brian? Or is there some, like, behind the scenes leveling I don't know about?
2: No, it's just your uh, hero levels up, and as they level up, they get more stats and more skills.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. And every time you level up, you get a, you get a choice between um, different kind of perks you can take. Um, and because each, uh, each scenario only caps your level at a certain amount, uh, those, those decisions end up being pretty important. Um, and for most of my heroes, it ended up being a choice between strengthening a particular element of uh, of magic, or um, kind of getting a tactical advantage in a, in, a, in a fight. So boosted morale or better movement speed, etc. It seems
0: to me, and, and Brian can confirm or deny this, but for like my playstyle, like it seemed like magic owned. Like I, I had, I performed much better with magic rich characters than I did with tactical characters.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that's that always been the case with me too. Um, okay. The magic gives you more options, basically, Um, plus the fact of there's actually some strategies you can use which lets you cheese the game using magic. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, especially, like, that that really came to its own when I started playing as the uh, necromatic race because you can bring your units back like, you know, nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just became so ridiculously powerful. Like, oh, my character has 150 spell points, so I can cast, you know, animate dead 10 times. (laughs) Like, when nothing can stop me. You know, if I can bring back a unit back to full strength, like every turn, Yeah. Um, it is very, very powerful. And then blind fucking blind is like <laughs> that amazing, you know, an amazing spell and it's so low yeah, level, easy to get.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: So for me uh, playing as for the majority of the time, dungeon and inferno um, kind of guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they don't like that. Like magic does work well for them, but their rank and file um, enemies, they hit hard, but they don't take a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're, they're, they're relatively fragile. Um, and so getting those numerical bonuses from the various kind of tactical, uh, kind of ones ended up giving me a little bit of an, an advantage, uh, actually a kind of a good advantage, um, over stuff that I would not normally be able to defeat, um, otherwise. Of course, this mm-hmm. kind of led to an, an, an attrition style of gameplay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I found them to be a little bit more useful. I think it does depend on which, which town you go with.
0: I think attrition style is kind of, is, seemed like a lot of the gameplay was going to be like that Yeah. when I was playing. Like the, these are, you know, um, and we'll, we'll talk about the actual combat here in a minute. Like there's a, there's a lot to this game, but the, uh, you, you gotta really kind of settle in. You know, like yeah. you don't, there's no real way to rush, you know, rush it. I don't feel like, uh, maybe in the multiplayer, there's a kind of a Zerg rush equivalent, but it felt like me, you know, or for me to succeed, I'd spend a long time turtling. Um, And just gaining, you know, gaining these really, really strong kind of overwhelming forces until I could, you know, kind of cripple a a premier enemy hero and then could kind of pursue into their lands and press that advantage while getting those supplies and and keeping my strength. Mm -hmm. But it took a long time to build up to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I loved uh, finding a thieves den, uh, which gives you intelligence on what uh, what the enemy does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it shows you like what their strongest unit is and who their strongest, uh, who their strongest hero is. And I would always use that information to find their strongest hero and take mm-hmm. them out. Just like, I'm going to throw everything that I have at the one that you have been putting all of your resources into. And uh, yeah. that ended up giving me a huge advantage.
0: Yeah. I yeah. yeah, I definitely see it. Cause it's like when you, and I guess this is something that like ended up becoming a frustration a little bit later in the game is that, uh, you know, making a mis- like mistakes are huge. Everything mm-hmm. is big. In this game. So, like, you know, a few like a, uh, a few very powerful units can make a huge difference. Losing a battle is pretty much like a reload. Right. You know, for, for at any given time. Like, I could have a few different heroes with varying troops, but losing, you know, a third of my army mm-hmm. was never, like, acceptable. Right. You know, I could never really press on. Like, it was always kind of... So, I ended up doing a little bit of, like, save scumming, you know, which is not my favorite way to play a game, but I was not successful without doing it. Yeah. So...
2: Yeah. Um, if you did want to avoid safe scumming, though, um, as long as it's not against like a static uh, creature on the map and against another hero, there's always the option to retreat or surrender. And okay. I believe sur- retreating basically saves the hero, um, whereas surrendering, you have to pay money. But you can also, like, they will go back to the tavern, but also keep their troops as well. Mm. But you have to I pay gold.
0: The one time I did that, I didn't have enough gold. Um, to try it, it's not, it's not exorbitant, but at the time I had put all my money into troops. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. And, and, and that's one of those things like struggling for money, you know, of, of all of the turn-based kind of strategy games, I don't usually associate that with economy building. Like economy Mm -hmm. building always comes along to, you know, to my mind with like a, you know, um, an age of empires or Starcraft style game where you're trying to make sure that you have a resource flow. Um, and it mm-hmm. doesn't usually enter into this, this turn based style of thing, but really it's so important to like not squander like the last of your gold. You want to always be operating with, with, with something of a buffer, right? Because something like that could come up that could mess you up.
0: Well, also, um, <clears throat> when you start introducing like the trading posts. Yeah. The thing is, yeah. like, that becomes very interesting, and that mm-hmm. gives you a risk-reward of controlling more of the map, mm-hmm. you know, or is, is one factor. Like, you want to control more of the map, obviously, but the more trading posts you have, the more advantageous you can get other resources and everything. It's, like, very mm-hmm. deep. Like, this is, you know, and that's one of those things I always love about this kind of, like, PC PC game is, like, the barrier to entry is kind of high. And then once you get in there, there's just, like, so much to it, you know? Um, and that became a real big thing because depending on what your kind of starting race or starting archetype is going to be, you're going to need more of those esoteric ingredients. Um, you know, like the, the, when I played as the, the necromancer characters, I needed the, um, whatever the pot symbol is,
1: yeah, it's uh, mercury,
0: mercury, like I need mercury for, for my dragons mm-hmm. and I needed, uh, so much of it, um, and to, to upgrade that, that tech tree. So I ended up, you know, taking a risk. I wouldn't ordinarily take not in order to find mercury because the, the mines were kind of rare, but to find other towns, I could take over so I can have better prices at the trading post and could afford mercury. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Same, same thing for me, like in the in the campaign, uh, specifically the the second uh, campaign in Devils and Dungeons or whatever it was. Uh, you start out underground and you don't really have access to, to to sulfur, which you really need for that faction in order to make your dragons, and um, mm-hmm. even to upgrade a lot of your buildings. So what I found myself doing was trying to create a surplus or a bumper crop of other stuff. And get, you know, just like get it through kind of, uh, um, you know, sideways means, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that's awesome that you have that kind of option. I mean, when you refer to the barrier to entry being pretty high, like I think that the actual stuff that you're doing, the, the, the moment to moment decisions, maybe not that difficult to make. Like once I got it, I kind of felt again, like a little bit like a sieve kind of thing. Um, the, the printed out tutorial, notwithstanding. Did you guys do that?
0: I kept it open in my second monitor.
3: Okay.
1: Okay. Like
0: the PDF from Gog.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's it's got a tutorial. Yeah. But you have, the instructions are written. Yeah. Which is kind <laughs>
1: pretty, of great. Pretty funny. <laughs> like, like like aside yeah. from that, but just uh, I, I I don't even I don't know that I agree that the barrier to entry is so high aside from the information density of the uh, of the interface, but like the, the the depth is just astounding, specifically with regards to that kind of stuff.
0: When I say barrier to entry, I mean it took me a long time to figure out. I could make the decisions just fine, you know, knowing how to do it, but understanding the ramifications or understanding like, okay, this unit is better. Like, oh, this unit is weaker than this one, but I have 90 of them versus 10 of that other unit. There's a lot of that stuff that I end up kind of getting a feel for without ever properly understanding. Right, right. You know, so like, oh, 90 skeletons are about the equivalent of 20 centaur. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what algebra is that?
1: You know, like there's.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you just 90s. go to
1: Google and you'd go, you know, twenty USD. Yeah. Twenty Wolfram USD, Alpha, how many, yeah. 20 hey, USD Alpha, to many, dragons. Yeah.
3: Yeah. How,
0: yeah, how well, many? How many beholders equal this many dragons? Like. Yeah.
2: You know, I so that's I guess, actually the kind of um, the actual kind of depressing part is actually that's pretty accurate description of how the game works. <laughs> <yeah>. With regards <laughs> to the combat, because um, all the units have their own like attack skill, defense skill, and hit points mm-hmm. and attack power. And basically mm-hmm. it's just a matter of multiplying however many for the attack power compared to whatever they're attacking health.
0: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to get out Excel like before I made a move. Yeah. No, I don't. So <laughs> I, I could, and there are people who have done like Lordy have, are there game facts that are about the, the deep math of this game? Yeah. Um, this Avalon Hill shit, but the, uh, uh, you know, eventually I just kind of got a feel for it. Yeah, um yeah. through through using the units and that's more mm-hmm. what i mean like as opposed to yeah.
3: um
0: the idea that you have a unit and it's not just how strong it is like if you're playing a starcraft like oh i know that uh hydralisk is more is stronger than a marine mm-hmm. but now introducing the kind of stacks and the fact that they're kind of representative of armies adds this layer of abstraction to it that took me a little while to to get yeah yeah you know
1: yeah and 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 it does play out like a civ kind of thing knowing what are archers to tanks Right, like how many archers does it take, you know does it take to take you know to yeah. actually make this an even match, um, and then that simplified tech tree works in your favor on this because there are relatively few. So you would think with eight factions, you would have an unmanageable number of uh, of enemy or unit types to keep track of. That doesn't end up being the case. Like it seemed manageable once I figured out what the rough equivalencies were.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they, and they're rough equivalencies. So there are differences, and that's where like a lot of the kind of charm of the different races comes from
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, that you can play as. And it should also be noted that, like, I mean, you, refer, you name check Civ a bunch of times. Like, I've barely played any Civ games. Mm-hmm. That's not a touchstone for me. So maybe if I had that, yeah. then it would have been a little bit easier for me. Mm-hmm. But that's never really been my thing. So
3: yeah.
0: I haven't played it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably touch on, before we go into those individual things, like, we should probably touch on what the actual combat is. Like, we talked about the Overland map and gaining your strength. Yeah, And um, we should talk about time as well, like how how that works. So we talked about the first of the month and the significant thing is that that's when your troops re replenish. Yeah. So you, you kind of create these garrisons and different hives and warrens for your creatures and they can produce this many soldiers per week. So on the first of the week, that's when, uh, when that gets recharged, and you still have to pay for them mm-hmm. um, at that point. But it you have a limit to how many you can pay for, unlike a Starcraft, where like you have that grand limit for all of your troops, but you can make as many as you want mm-hmm. here. You kind of gate limiting, you know, how many you're going to get at any given time.
1: Yeah. Which definitely creates a more strict rhythm to it. You know that on the first day of the week you get more troops, but so does your enemy and you can kind of watch, watch their movements uh, in terms of yours. And I actually ended up using that to my advantage, um, a couple of times. Cause like day six, if you can, if you can send somebody fresh in, um, you know, you end up day six or day seven, you know, it, it can be, it can be really, uh, really, uh, valuable to, to take advantage of that rhythm.
0: Yep. And if you can win and take over whatever that uh fortress is, mm-hmm. then when you then you have access to all of their garrisons and it's the first of the month and you can make all these cool new creature types
3: mm-hmm.
0: um for whoever you're gonna station there. That was kinda I would hire a local mm-hmm. to guard whatever castle I would take over. Yeah. And then just start cranking, you know, whatever was native just to kinda hold on to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is grognardi as shit, man. This is like the <laughs> grognardiest like watch over <laughs> fireballs we've ever done. <laughs> It's like justifying that iTunes review that called us boring. This <laughs> is what they're talking about. he heard into the future. <laughs> he, he heard
1: into the future.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's a magic conch shell that some <laughs> gave him in a, in a gremlin shop.
1: We hear podcasts from the future. I, I don't even know. I should have warned us. No, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's good. It's fun.
0: I, yeah. It's really fun. Like, and that's part of the fun is like you're you're thinking about it in this weird you know way that I, I'm not often engaging in video games. Mm-hmm. You know, this part of my brain. Like, and it's again not my genre. But like, this is re- like I will play like a lot of times for Watch Out for Fireballs games. If they're games we haven't that aren't like a big part of our history, like I don't go back and play them after the episode usually. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not eager to do another playthrough of Snatcher right now. However, like I'm gonna play this later on today. like it's really fun. <laughs> it was hard to tear myself away from like doing the scenarios this morning yeah. in order to, to record. Mm-hmm. so
1: yeah yeah I mean I, I was cram jamming scenarios as, as soon as like a half hour before this yeah <laughs> recording session. <laughs> yeah, it gets under your skin a little bit. I mean and when it's so systems based and when you're starting to think about like oh, like it, it lays your mistakes bare right that yeah. that you made before thinking like uh, and and it's a it's a sense of progress right you're developing a muscle like in a way that's similar but kind of really different than you know a dark souls muscle yeah. right just to just to throw in stuff people hate um <laughs> <laughs> where, where Dark Souls is kind of like okay there there's a little bit of system to it but a lot of it is you know kind of memorization. What are
0: these people that hate Dark Souls? Are they just oh no just kind of when we bring it up?
1: No no I'm just in, in a bingo card kind of sense. Oh, okay yeah Enough yeah it. yeah no I mean if they, yeah, if, Dark Souls. if you hate Dark Souls <laughs> yeah do play Dark Souls. No sir yeah. yeah 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 but but like this very much is a muscle right? Like, yeah. you know, it, it has a huge range of movement, and each time you come back to it, you understand a little bit more about the way these units interact with each other. Like, I was thinking, <laughs> here's a mistake that I made. Uh, the, uh, the the upgraded forms of the imps, when you attack, yeah. it actually hits, uh, it's like an area effect. It doesn't show you, mm-hmm. it doesn't tell you that, but uh, all of a sudden I was like, why am I, why are all my guys dying so quick? It's like, oh, I have them, like, bundled up together. And so now, whenever I play the Inferno, I, I know to do that. And I kind of want to go back and do it again with, with the benefit of, of that. So it's not so much memorization. It's just you, you're, you're inhabiting uh, you're inhabiting the code of the matrix, right?
0: Well, well for part of it is like in the time this came out, you would have known that from reading that entry in the manual. Not Like really. I imagine this comes with a glory. Like, no? Well, Did the, you look that, through the – Yeah, I read the manual.
1: Does it have – like it doesn't have individual unit powers? It does, but it? it doesn't say like, hey, this is an area effect kind of thing specifically oh, for, so specifically for that so like um what is it with the fortress uh guys they have the hydras and you can see mm-hmm. like actually when they attack that they that they hit everything that's in front of them like in a cone but like mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't see that like you know just as i was whenever i get a new town i would pull up the manual and i would look at what the units were but i didn't see that i just had to experience mm-hmm. it huh yeah so like some of the stuff i didn't really
0: understand how it would articulate like i fe- i didn't look at the manual just because i you know didn't want to and just kind of wanted to cruise through and figure it out, uh, which is my own fault. But when I would figure those things out, even seeing it in a manual or seeing the um, – the, like if you right-click a unit and get their little their little stat box, mm-hmm. um, I didn't really know how it would articulate. So yeah, like yeah. Uh, Vampire Lords, which are a really powerful unit, um, they will – if they kill units, they will regain their, their characters. But just says like Drains Life or something mm-hmm. like that in their stat block. Yeah. I didn't really know what that meant. But if you, what, you know, kind of seeing it in action, like, oh, if I can keep these guys killing people, they'll never die. Mm -hmm. You know, that's great.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The
2: the Necropolis
0: is so good. Yeah, the Necropolis is my favorite. Do you have a favorite, Brian?
2: Um, probably the conflux the new one added in one of the expansions just because just like the necropolis it's also overpowered as a town
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we we made we made the no the noob choice like right out the bat like yeah, <laughs> we're just, yeah the necropolis like the training wheels choice mm-hmm. yeah. i just gravitated to it though
1: well skeletons Gary. I mean, I
0: can't, yeah i can't turn down skeletons like, yeah
1: at someone one point i had 400 skeletons with me like, they died <laughs> yeah. in three hits but I had 400 skeletons. Yeah. can argue with that. And the Necropolis has a building that you can take regular units to and turn them into skeletons.
0: Yeah. I used to do that with, um, I was RPing it a little bit, and if I took over um, another town, Oh. Or if I if I grabbed a, a group of people, if they joined my party. I would take them back to town, and while I was there, I turn one of them into <laughs> you, a skeleton. You, you would skeletonize <laughs> them, just one of them, just decimate them. Yeah. You choose one yeah. out of every ten of you, yeah, to join join the skeleton force, the skeleton <laughs> that's warriors, the skull force, skull force one,
1: yeah. <laughs>
3: that's
1: that's. that's... I just picture you having that, like, airbrush onto a skateboard deck. <laughs> like. Skull <Scroll laughs> Force One? Yeah, do, doing, yeah, doing, man. doing six 360, six 360 ollies on your yeah. Skull Force One. <laughs> just tasty hip flippers and just, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, <laughs> That's, uh,
1: yeah. so I, I kind of want to go back and play a, uh, play a scenario with, with the Conflux just because, because the Me know, too. Do, it does seem, it does seem to be similar in flavor to the, to the Necropolis. But, uh. Okay.
0: And, I mean, also there's that part, like, we're, we're talking about a little bit of just something just sounding cool. And, uh, you know, Necromancers, that's always going to seem cool to me. Like, in Another Life, like, I was a secret metalhead. Like, I mm-hmm. I like all that shit. And then uh, elementalist, that's cool, too. Like, mm-hmm. I can get into, you know, people manipulating and kind of making deals with Or, like, these interdimensional elementals, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's what the conflicts are?
2: Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. Most of their stuff is elementals. And then they also have, for whatever reason, the first unit is fairies and the last unit is phoenixes.
0: Oh, sure. Nice. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: That it does. Yeah. But I, I really liked the combat. Uh, in just, I, so there was a period of about like one campaign where I tried doing, um, where I tried doing auto battle, um, just yeah. because it seemed quicker. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't see so much how my individual decisions is like, okay, the computer will optimize for it. That's cool. I just wanted to see how it went. I was in kind of a time panic, too. I was like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get through this? That isn't the way to hours it. hours of game. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like um Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
0: you know, like if you're playing a game with tactics in the title, more or less, like, that's why you're playing it. You know, and that's not, you know, there's the other things to Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, you can build characters, and here you can build different kinds of armies and, and profiles and stuff. But, like, you know, you, I think you kind of want to be in on that nitty-gritty. Yeah. I think the auto battle would be useful, like, if you're taking over, you know, a resource and there's, oh, ten Cyclopses are guarding this. I think I can just take them. Yeah, You know, I don't really want to deal with it. But for an mm-hmm. actual fight against another... Hero, you probably want to be in control.
1: Yeah, and, and I just found like I lost fewer f- fewer units when I was making the decisions myself. So the computer, I don't know what's happening. Like if it, if it's just not optimizing for it, so it's not entirely um, overpowered when you try to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I love how they handle uh, trivial encounters as well. It just like when you when you roll up on those ten cyclopes, if you're rolling four hundred skeletons deep, um, yeah. you can just press that button and have them run away, and or you- they'll join you. Or they'll like if join they see,
0: you see if, yeah, if your diplomacy skill is high enough or if they just, if you're strong enough, yeah, they'll be like, Oh, we want to we for glory. We'll, we'll join this <laughs> group of skeletons. Yes. Skeleton glory. <laughs> Skeleton <laughs> glory.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, speaking of like the different heroes, like, did you know that each individual hero has a, has like a perk associated with them? Like a, like a different unit they have an affinity for.
0: Um, yes, I think I did. I don't know if I ever knew which ones they were. Yeah. Um, for each one, but I knew I knew that was true. And then they have different types as well, right? Yeah, like there so, are, There's more than one alchemist. Like, you can be an alchemist and be like Sherar-Badarb and be Crabadab, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. true?
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, so you can be Crab-ran- Crab-ranthiel, um the, yeah. the alchemist. Yeah.
0: But also yeah. be, you know, yeah. Potion Mix mm-hmm. 2000. And, and each of them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the robot. Ro- ro- <laughs> the robo alchemist. Yeah. yeah is that an
3: anime?
1: <laughs> like robot alchemist? You, uh, or? Full, full metal alchemist, I That's think what you're I'm thinking, thinking of? of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Man, I'm take a sip of water. <laughs>
0: yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize that each person had a, a – I, I did realize that, but I didn't know what their affinities were. Yeah, what yeah. do the
1: affinities do exactly? So most of them are like your blank unit will work better. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not so much functional uh, aside from like the magical um, you know so so each so each uh, city type has a has a melee and a magic type hero so for the castle there's knights and clerics and dungeon is overlord and warlock Uh, the magic ones tend to um, have like bonuses for a particular kind of magic or a particular spell. Um, mm. so it's real marginal kind of stuff. I could see it, you know, in the grognard spreadsheet game facts world, um, you know, being like, Oh man, this makes you 5% OP. Um, right. and then go for it, which, you know, Hey, <laughs> being OP is okay. Um, yeah, but, but, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, am I willing to refer to those, uh, to those slide rules? Yeah. Or do no, I want to go out in... and date chicks?
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 want to go out and get skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah it's the same people who get real into that with pokemon yeah yeah like oh yeah. this is this guy has a morose type and he with a stab modifier if i use a fire
1: type move like yeah, yeah.
0: no 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 it's cute <laughs> just use it if you like the way it looks he's, he's got a physical it.
1: attack but there's a hidden physical stat no <laughs> it's like it's there no, but... you poke fools <laughs> yeah it's like this one's shiny i like him well actually the shiny one nope <laughs> no <laughs> put it away oh.
0: uh, yeah <laughs> The, yeah, so I mean, there, I knew there were the magical and physical ones.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, the, yeah. but uh, I, yeah, that, that, I, I tended to, to favor magic mm. exclusively, but that, why I already talked about that, that was kind of my preferred play style. Yeah.
1: And, and you have a choice. So you, you recruit heroes at, uh, taverns and, uh, you know, it gives you, gives you an option. I didn't know that. So it's just weird that you can be in an Inferno Town and then it gives you the option to, uh, to, to recruit a druid or something like that. He's hanging out. It's a tavern. Yeah. And he's just traveling through. Yeah.
0: They're mercs.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's the beginning of every D and D campaign in there exactly. all the time.
0: Yep. The alchemist and the, the, uh,
1: know, druid get together. And and the most
0: useless classes in Pathfinder. <laughs> Fuck us. Like
1: <laughs> nobody's taking me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, the,
0: the, the, find a bard and complete this party. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's...
1: I always found myself running out of spell points. Um, and I, and I wasn't quite sure how to manage regaining them, <laughs> Um, without going to those specific pickups that would that would me max. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, besides the wells, there's also, if you have a town with a mages guild in it, if you let your hero go to that town and then uh, end the turn with it in the town.
1: Oh, you re- garrison them?
2: Yeah. what they don't have to be garrisoned. They just have to be at the town in mm-hmm. either of the slots. And then if you end the turn, the next turn, they'll have full uh, magic points. Okay.
0: Yeah. In the campaign, I had that problem all the time. Um, with Christian, the like paladin or cleric I was playing as. But in the uh, scenarios, I tended, if I chose a magic hero off the bat, I tended to have plenty of magic points yeah. um, with me. And then I'd also often choose the ones that gave me magic points back, the perks, because Animate Dead is so good. Yeah. I want to be able to cast it a lot.
3: Yeah. So.
2: yeah. Um, my basic strategy is usually like uh, use my hero to attack towards the town. Once I take over the town, uh, spend it in the next turn there to regain all the magic and then just repeat, kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. What yeah. Uh, what difficulty
0: level do you play on, Brian?
2: Um, I think actually, I that's, on
0: normal, so... Well,
2: that's the thing, is actually the difficulty doesn't really, like... I mean, there's slight AI changes, but the main difference is just resources. Mainly, they the uh, AI will start out with more, and you start out with less. Mm-hmm. That's the primary difference between them. Um, as for which one I play, generally the expert. Okay. Oh, well. Impossible is just not fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I had such a hard time on normal, like, but eventually I got, I got pretty good at it and, you know, kind of have a strategy. So I wanted to see what opening the difficulty would do, but I'm a little bit disheartened that it doesn't change the AI at all. It's yeah, I mean thumpers. I
2: think there's some slight changes. I mean, I'm sure you're going to get some response from somebody afterwards especially on SA about it, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh
1: <laughs> yeah, the the SA thread blew up like we mentioned, yeah. like people are people love this game. Right? Mm-hmm. right? rightly so. But like on a level that is kind of a, like what we're talking about it here, which is these like jumping immediately to these vagaries, right? It was so well when
0: we brought it up on on something awful, it was so uh I didn't know how to follow the advice people were giving, yeah, <laughs> because I didn't know enough of the context. Like, I was like, "Which campaign should we start out with?" Just thinking it was an innocent question. Everyone's like, "No, don't do campaigns; it doesn't work that way." And it's like, yeah. "How? What do you mean? We're well, watch out for fireballs. We yeah. have to talk about these characters' journeys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, and they're they're right. Like, I should have just popped into some scenarios, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
0: like I. I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily feel like the time trying to do the campaign was necessarily time well spent. I guess like the appeal is that you can play with the same guy from, you know, scenario to scenario, which would be fun because you get to see. You know, he gets to keep some of the same artifacts and some of the same. I, I don't know. He loses all his artifacts, but he gets to keep some of his skills, and you can kind of watch a progression. Because near the end of all the individual kind of one-offs, I would feel really satisfied with the guy I had made by the end of it, mm-hmm. and then he's just in the ether.
1: Yeah. And scenario. that actually discouraged me from worrying too much about the artifacts that I had, like getting them was good, but uh, like in terms of really doing comparisons or trying to build him up or seek them out just because of how impermanent that was, I didn't really seek to seek to make that a part of my play.
0: Yeah. Did you ever get the the thing in the remember which town has it, but that you can buy and sell artifacts.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's the, uh, that that's in the dungeons. Yeah, it's yeah. the dungeons that yes. has the uh, the artifact dealer. Yeah, so yeah, that was I useful. Did.
3: Yeah,
0: because I, I you know I end up having like three chess pieces and I could you know sell some extras because I would end up I would end up doing a big fight and then afterwards I'd have like seventeen different artifacts from the guy I just killed. Mm. I was like, oh well, shit. No wonder that was so hard. Yeah, this guy has a plus four and everything. Yeah, multiple times over.
1: And I've, so, like in in that kind of realm, I sought out to. Improve stuff that I knew was going to be really temporary, but would actually like. I noticed that it would give me a, a huge advantage, which was morale and luck. Yeah, um, just like in a moment to moment, like you know, will these attacks work? Will I get extra turns? Those extra turns, man! Holy yeah. shit! Having high morale, that is uh, like that. That for me was so effective.
0: What Brian? Uh, yeah. Me, you can you can answer this question. What causes low morale? Like why why might a unit have low morale?
2: Um. The main thing is usually mixing troops of different types, yeah. and especially mixing anybody with necromancy. Nobody <laughs> likes working with the undead.
0: Okay. So it's an anti-miscegenation kind of message that's giving us, like it's <laughs> yeah. So there's like supposed to be necromancer water fountains is what you're saying. Stick to your okay. own kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Blood okay. fountains, Gary. Blood fountains. <laughs> <laughs>
1: one, one fountain with
2: water. One fountain with hot
1: and cold running blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you know, you, know you, you you want to include both the fire skeletons and the ice skeletons. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Th- so so since you guys relied more on magic than I did, did you uh, do direct damage stuff or were you more about um trying to do buffs and debuffs? I'll let, I'll let Brian answer first.
2: Yeah. Uh, I definitely go more for the buffs and debuffs. Um. Especially, like, because as you mentioned, you can learn skills in the different magic skills of basically, like, fire, water, earth, air. And as you get up in level, eventually get to the point where you could cast, if you had, like, expert earth, you can cast slow once, and it'll affect every enemy unit at the same time. Holy shit. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have spells like that, those are generally the most powerful
0: there's different, like, it would, it would be real situational. Like, I very rarely did direct damage, but the, um, the undead have a thing that attacks everyone who's not undead mm-hmm. on the screen, which is really good for kind of thinning out, um, smaller, smaller stacks or weaker enemies. Yeah. Um, or right before an attack. But mostly I would do pretty much the same thing, Brian did, and then lots of healing. So, uh, I, you know, I would have, uh, my, like, stack of ghost dragons, which is just cool. <laughs> if they already done, did undead dragons, how do you make undead dragons, like, you know better. What's the one up for that? You take Ghost their dragons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You take you. So the first it's all bones.
1: That's yeah. noble. I like watching those YouTube videos of guys eating ghost dragons and then just writhing in pain. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: well, I, I heard that if you can eat uh, six ghost dragon fritters at this one place, you get your picture on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I would I would send my ghost dragons in, and they would get beat up, you know, and spanked by these crusaders and stuff. But then I yeah, just raise, you know, animate dead to them and get mm-hmm. all of my my units back. So that's primarily what I use magic for. Was as um, a kind of attrition kind of thing.
2: Yeah, one thing I will add on because you mentioned the uh, using that attack spell, which attacks all the non undead.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that actually is part of like what I mentioned earlier about cheesing using magic. Um, uh, there's a spell called Armageddon, which does like massive damage to everybody, including your own troops. But there are some specific units which are immune to it. So basically, some people would load up their hero with just those units, send it in and just constantly cast Armageddon over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) You're a good man, Gary Butterfield. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah.
1: Uh, We should mention the combat changes uh, when you're trying to attack uh, an enemy city. Um, if they have built fortifications and, uh, they've got dudes stationed there, uh, you enter into a different kind of map, uh, that is distinct from the overworld, underworld kind of, uh, uh, kind of yeah, know, the siege map. general terrain. Yeah. So the siege maps, those are kind of cool because the, the, the defense has a huge advantage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have a wall and then depending on how much you build or how you build your town, you have a, and what kind of town it is, you have other, um, defensive elements. You either have like a, a row of landmines built up out the outside or like spiky sticks or a, a motive asset or something like that and then uh, you have whatever your equivalent of archers are at, at different spots and kind of most notably a, a drawbridge so they have to actually bust down your wall before they can get in except for flying and in, incorporeal units yeah um yeah. so you can set back and pepper them with range combat which we should also talk about how uh useful and amazing range combat is oh shit yeah in this game, like I always wanted more archers, <laughs> and I was always frustrated by how few of them I could make. Yeah, in uh in any given city.
1: That's why I love the uh, the the dungeon city type uh, was because mm. pretty much everything is ranged. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. your Medusas for archers, but you also have Beholders and Evil Eyes, which yeah. just are you know they, they're they're not very durable, but they're ranged and they just hit really hard from far away, and it was very useful for for that kind of siege, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, near the end you get a huge stack of beholders like you're doing good yeah. and you know i've I've said it before beholder is my favorite monster <laughs> like i like beholders quite a bit yeah. and that's one thing about the undead is as much as i like them they don't have a lot of uh range combat the range combat they have is really powerful and it's an area effect mm-hmm. so it's like a burst fire thing um but it's not uh they only have one unit that does it so
1: right mm-hmm but uh, yeah, so um, and, and there are like variations on that. So there are some. So like if you have harpies, uh, forget which faction that is, that might be dungeon still. Um, yeah, it is. They'll, yeah, they'll they'll do like a uh, like a um, almost hit and run kind of thing where they'll close yeah. the distance, attack and then swing back. It's a little bit less effective than a than a straight up range attack because it will do a counter. Uh, which I forget how it – I don't know how it rolls for it, but it basically just means you're going to lose some enemies or you're, you're going to lose some units. I thought
0: that. Harpies couldn't do a counter. I thought that I thought they couldn't be countered.
1: Uh, it ended up happening for me a bunch. It might not have been that particular um, enemy or that that, yeah, that particular um, unit, but it happens.
2: Yeah, as I say, it's um, the regular version of Harpies can still get countered. Mm. Um, gotcha. But when you upgrade them, they don't get countered. It's the Harpy Hacks, yeah.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> hags.
0: So I was thinking, yeah, queen of the hobbies.
3: Um,
0: yeah, yeah, the necromancers have vampires that do the, the same thing, except they don't go back to their original spot. Oh, yeah. or they, uh, they can't be, can't be countered. Is there any, um, Brian, is there any, like, strategy to not just upgrading your units? Because I, that's pretty, I pretty much wanted all of my things upgraded as much as possible. It's kind of how I played. But is there any, like, unit that's not worth it, or it's more cost effective just not to do that? Or is it just a progression that you want to be making?
2: Not really. The only really exception, like the only reason I've ever had when playing to not get an upgraded unit would be if there is one uh, type of building on a map called a hill fort. Hmm. And basically, if you go to that, it's cheaper to upgrade your units as long as they're level one through four. Mm -hmm. So you can buy like the cheap ones at your, uh, you know, from your town, go there and upgrade them there for less money.
0: Mm, That's probably yeah. about
2: the only thing, but it's getting a little grognardy to do it's, that. It's, well, it's, then, it's real
0: situational. Like you have to have yeah. that and it has to be within a reasonable distance from your, your town.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I, I almost always just, you know, and I would always try to upgrade before I bought my units as well. So I could buy the, the upgraded version. Um, yeah, have very little use for anything, anything that lower tier, lower tier guys. Yeah. Um, some of the, some of the, uh, the unit types are real dorky and stupid. <laughs> like, um, like the gremlins. Yeah. Those things yeah. are dumb. They look <laughs> dumb and they act dumb. <laughs> the little, I mean, their range, which I like, but they just look like little little dumb little turds with their balls and chains. And yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of
1: like a less awesome tonberry.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're like <laughs> shitty tonberries.
1: Yeah. yeah. Sh- shitty tonberries. Yeah. Are they any good? No, they suck. <laughs> no? <laughs> are they good? They suck. They suck. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, yeah those uh th- those are kind of goofy uh what am i thinking of here um in the i didn't like the Efreet, but they mm. uh, yeah
0: don't they, i never really use them They're but like don't they do genie. um don't they like uh they grant they
1: do random buffs for you so what they do um an enemy has a wish and whatever he asks for he interprets it in a weird way yeah
0: like <laughs> yeah. second edition style depending on their wisdom
1: yeah, yeah yeah so so yeah um and the upgraded version of it is a monkey's paw um yeah but uh but yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so are are there any uh like in in our discussions of this are there so we've 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 neglected nautical combat um but i didn't really do an awful lot of it so i'm not entirely sure how we approach that i didn't i didn't either
0: do you want to talk about that a little bit brian because i i only did it a very little bit
2: um it exists (laughs) honestly you don't see it much yeah um generally like when you're going against the ai it's really rare for it to actually bother trying to attack you when you're in a ship um and when you're going against other people it's again the same sort of thing where generally if you're on a ship you're just trying to go somewhere else or pick up some uh free gold that's in the sea kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's it Yeah, so I, that is- I would say generally there's not much fighting on the ships um
0: we, yeah, we have that. Uh, you have that spell that's like capsized boat, and I was just like, me having that spell just made me nervous to get into a boat. <laughs> it's was, it was just like, oh, I like, can just one shot my entire army. Nope. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm going to stay away from that. And it seems like that. And it's like a first level spell. I think it's like your second level spell. It's really low level, um, and that seems like that's a powerful discouragement to actually doing that.
2: It's because it doesn't <laughs> work if there's an actual hero on the boat. Oh. Like the idea is. For that kind of spell is so that if you brought your ship and landed it near, like, where the enemies are, if they were on an island, you could then destroy the boat so they can't take it when you walk oh. away from it. Oh, uh, okay. But gotcha, gotcha. Generally, if you have enough heroes or um, units that you want to do that, generally it doesn't matter if they try to take it. So Yeah,
1: that's true. That's a low-level spell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Makes sense. so that, um, and we didn't really talk an awful lot about the, uh, the above ground, below ground, like the subterranean thing. I really like that. Like Me having too. the overworld and the underworld.
2: Yeah. Me that too. was definitely one of my favorite, uh, upgrades from the second version.
1: Okay. That, that was going to be my question to you. So did the first version have nautical combat and did this and did the, did the second version have, um, subterranean, I guess did were, are those two things new additions for three?
2: Now, um ship combat has always been in the game, okay, um, but the underground area was new to this one specifically, mm-hmm. mm. which was nice because, like you said, it's kind of like a whole different tile set for everything, and it basically lets you double the size of the maps if you wanted yeah
0: and and well, tactically it's really interesting too, so like if I was uh, one of my favorite of the little one off scenarios and one i'd recommend playing um, as a first one for someone getting into it is called um Dun- I think it's called Dungeon Keeper or Dungeon Master and you play like an evil un- overlord who's underground who's just sick of the people in Pleasantville yeah. quote unquote um <laughs> upstairs Yeah, Toby Maguire and yeah, Jeff Fraser. Daniels, yeah. Yeah. Um I'm sick of them too. <laughs> uh and the uh so they've been having too good of a time so you decide to do some evil and they leave you alone for a really long time and you're mm-hmm. just supposed to be invading the surface. Um so it's really fun just kind of thematically like it, it's goof, but the idea that you have these just these little wormholes between the two maps is really interesting because it gives you choke points to cover
3: mm-hmm.
0: like uh, defensively um, as opposed to just kind of being able to be approach from from many different angles like it really limits the avenues of approach so having um, you know if you're if you're above ground and your enemy is below ground or vice versa like you have a you know you know where they're coming from. And that was really useful, like I would do um station monsters at the like just my cast off shit monsters like eventually I had enough money that you know yeah, I'll buy sixteen zombies I don't care mm-hmm. you know I don't I don't need them but the uh and and just station all my excess monsters at the resources near the the beginning of there to stop them from kind of making little resource dips mm-hmm. and uh, or to weaken them if they did, and then uh, I could get my guy back in town or back in time mm-hmm. to defend it
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Being like your early, uh, your your early um, warning because sometimes if you're skipping you know, when you when you end your turn, you see a couple of like very brief flashes of your enemy movement and you can see their color pop up on the mini map. But I would often lose track of where they were at, and they would be. But by the time I realized to look at these places, I was kind of neglecting. It would be a little bit too late, and they'd already taken something important. So having, yeah, that would happen sometimes. Yeah, having having that advance guard, um, especially um, when you forget, like, hey, I haven't checked the underground in a while. Oh shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Important. Yep. Yep. You end mm-hmm. up fighting kind of
0: wars on, on multiple fronts. Yeah. With that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was added in three. Did two give you the ability to play kind of those, the, those races, uh, and city types that were kind of now the domain of the subterranean. So I'm thinking specifically of, uh, the, the dungeon, the inform, uh, the inferno, et cetera.
2: Um, inferno is completely new to three. Okay. Um, dungeon in two was called warlock. Mm-hmm. And I mean there were some slight changes but for the most part it was basically the same kind of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um honestly I think my favorite well my least favorite change I should say for unit types was actually the wizard Meh. only because in the first one it had a very kind of hobbit feel to everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuz in the original instead of the goblins it was actual hobbits were your first level ranged unit. Oh,
0: no. Oh. Slings. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Hmm. I can get into that.
2: The, yeah, uh, that
0: some of the as hmm. as much as the, the we kind of rag on the story of the game, the actual um, tone of it is really pleasant. Yeah. So like the comedy, like when you go into a town, the color palette and music combines really well to kind of evoke you know a fantasy like archetype mm-hmm. really instantly. So I just kind of knew what I was dealing with right away and that's when you say that you know i had that middle earth feel like that's what it reminds me of because the you know the the humans in this have a very like oh this is you know this feels like the warcraft humans like this is very uh uh blue and white tabard (laughs) style fantasy and then the music and the necromatic area and just kind of how it looks and everything like everything is conveyed instantly because of this cultural competency you have you know being at least fantasy aware yeah. To a degree, it does a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no weird tonal shifts or anything like that. And the actual the uh, the music and sound effects I actually really like. Yeah. I would usually I play this while listening to a podcast a lot of the time because it's perfect for that. Like, it's mm-hmm. really you know, it's that kind of game. But the actual uh, little music cues when a turn would start, um, you know, would give me kind of kind of jazzed. And and you know, after waiting for you know the enemy to do his uh, do whatever he's going to do, yeah, turn.
1: One thing, so I loved the way that the cities looked like it was, it was really neat seeing the new stuff pop up. I kind of wish that those complex kind of cut cluttered um, cityscapes didn't end up being the menu. Yeah, like awesome. if, there was, if there was
0: a text list on the left. Yeah, as well.
1: yeah. Like if like if it was just kind of like okay, you can see this, and it made a difference in the way your city looked as you built it up. But if it was kind of like okay, press this to actually look at an interface that is that is friendly. Like I got used to it eventually, um, but like especially if you haven't seen like oh man the uh, the fortress one that that's the swamp people right <laughs> like like just like I would I would just dread getting a fortress town because I can't find the buildings in that. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> yeah that's actually what i experienced when i was going through the campaign because i had forgotten because i normally don't play them
3: mm-hmm.
2: um like firstly it like took quite a while before i remembered where the village hall was so you can build new buildings because mm-hmm. it starts out as basically just a platform yeah. up in a tree yeah it's, like, you don't a, really it's like an
1: ewok village kind of thing it's yeah where wicked lives <laughs>
2: yep there's uh. that and then the other thing is i kept um misclicking on the tavern and where you recruit the gnolls from mm-hmm. cuz they're just right next to each other and they both look like they could work for each other kind of thing <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> eventually eventually you get the uh the citadel or whatever whatever function is that like your fortress which is just your one-stop shop for going and getting new units but uh, if you're ever in a town that can't support one of those and you just have to remember, okay, which which part of this screensaver-looking thing do I have to yeah. click in order to get something useful out of this city? Um, you, yeah, you,
0: you may have just blown my mind with something I didn't realize. I knew that you can go to the Citadel to check your growth rates. Can you uh-huh. recruit from there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had, I had no fucking idea. Like, I thought that was just where I could go to check and see what how many I was getting per turn. Right. And yeah, I, I had no idea. I mm-hmm. was clicking around everything, every single city. Yeah. Just and, kind of like, thank goodness they highlight. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's like pressing command shift in uh in in mist or something like that, yeah because it's hyper cards but uh but yeah um and you know to to an extent like when when you have an when you have an interface that's that dense, um there are going to be things like that. Um, where it's kind of like, oh, I didn't realize I could do X like the, like there's a whole series of, uh, of, of, uh, keyboard commands that you would not know about unless you had read the manual. Um, and they weren't surfacing them, you know, like, like you Mm -hmm. would find in a, in a tooltip and, you know, Warcraft or, or, you know, Starcraft. Um, but you know, that, that's one of those things. And like that little discovery, like once you find that, it's like, oh, they actually took this into account, making the cityscapes your interface. That seems like an active decision that they made. And I don't like what it did.
0: Yeah, but, it looks nice. Like I can see what they're going
1: for. Oh yeah, like, like you you know, it's, you know it's good yeah. art. Like it, yeah. it, and and it works well, and it does convey the tone of the of the civilizations. So at the very least, it's not offensive uh, to look at. But in terms of like getting in and getting out, um, yeah, you know, which is what I want to do. You know, I don't want to spend my time on the city map. I want to spend my time in the adventure map. Um, right. yeah, like that, 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 was just kind of a bummer. I'm complaining about it more than it actually made me feel bad, but, uh, it's hard to, stuff. I mean,
0: yeah, the game, I mean, the game is really good. It's hard to find yeah. kind of things that yeah. irritate me about it. The, uh, like, so like a text box would have been perfect for that, mm-hmm. which is a list of what you already built. Like a menu. Um, yeah, yeah. A menu. The, like, it, I guess as far as like demerits and everything, like we were talking about, um, the game knowing, you know, knowing what you did wrong. Like sometimes there was, I had a problem and this you know, eventually I got used to it, but it took me a while before I felt like there was good feedback for when I had fucked up. Mm-hmm. like when I when I said earlier, like I can't really afford to lose you know a, a battle. Mm-hmm. That kind of remained true throughout. and whatever the game is trying to teach me to make that because I assume that's not how you really play it or should be playing it. Whatever the game is trying to teach me, I've never really figured out what I should be doing, especially in that that like that end stage of that campaign. It was just, you know, brutal, like just really well stacked heroes were just kind of assaulting me left and right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just didn't have the I just didn't have the guys to fight them. <laughs> you know, i I know they're getting guys at roughly the same rate I am. Yeah. Maybe they just outnumbered me by that many to one. But I don't I didn't know what decisions I was making poorly. Yeah. And like in a game that's all about these tactical decisions, like kind of knowing what you should have done differently is really important. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't always feel on solid ground with that.
1: Yeah, you know? like a like a feedback failure is really is uh, it can really put pennies on the on the train track here. Um, yeah. So, so like as somebody with a little bit more experience than us, is there a point, Brian, where you know, like, oh, I'm fucked, well before you're actually, you know, seeing it.
2: Um, kind of. Um, I mean, when, like you like uh, let's see, when you right click on any stack of regular creatures, mm-hmm. you can see like about how many there are in the stack hmm And then the same sort of thing applies with heroes, and eventually it gets to the point where you'll notice if you check them out that they will have stacks of hundreds of units compared to your like mm-hmm. tens. I mean, that's about the only time mm-hmm. I've ever noticed it becoming really obvious that you've lost. But yeah. what what
0: are you doing in like that scenario? What have you done to make that situation extant? Like what does what were you what failures were you making to make the enemy outnumber you on that scale?
2: I guess. Uh, Generally, the number one one is usually uh, just a matter of you haven't been aggressive enough. So, mm-hmm. like, you spent too much time in just one small area turtled. Turtles, so they were out grabbing all the artifacts, grabbing all the mines and all that. So, they ended up having more money, more towns, compared to your, like, one town that's maybe fully upgraded finally, but they'll have seven that are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean that could definitely be too true because I definitely I played this very conservatively. Yeah. So I, I think I had more than one town, but I wasn't, you know, very aggressive. Yeah, I but found
1: that I was that, that that I was more successful once I decided that I would start keeping them on the run. You know, an advantage. Oh yeah, yeah, you have yeah. To but it. but but like yeah. but like even that, just kind of like taking more risks in the interest of like even if I knew like that I wouldn't succeed at this battle, I would get as far as I can, as, as far as I could, in depleting their resources and then surrender and then just take that gold loss in order to get that hero back and then go go again. So if I if I knew that I had somebody in a place where I wanted to be, like actually getting into that loop of like nickel and diming them you know chipping away. Right,
0: right, yeah. right, right.
1: Which which I recognized as a little bit what they were doing, except the AI didn't care so much if they lost something unless they were reloading and then it, you know, caused a yeah. time a time <laughs> yeah. ripple on my end. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> like uh, your computer has gone sentient. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. a that that,
1: that is a, a short story. Um yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: The, the sentient heroes of my magic
1: AI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was like some kind of goosebumps, like sub goosebumps grade book about like cyber games that had that, <laughs> that called as, like, cyber uh, games. Cy- yeah, cyber
0: games. <laughs> the that name, name works just fine. Yeah. So. Oh
1: man. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure
0: that our Audible trial can take on your Audible trials army any day of the week. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs to find out.
1: so um were there any city types that we didn't give an awful lot of attention to um or that you know that, that we that we feel i like should be brought up um we, we we spent a lot of time talking about the necropolis but like i never did anything with uh with the tower or the stronghold you know
2: yeah i was gonna say um did you try any of those gary
0: I mostly, and I don't know the necessarily. I was looking more like a creature palette than I was the names. I didn't have the associations. Yeah. Pat, mm-hmm. I spent most of my time with the humans, the necrolords, lords, um, the the Sylvans, and then the um, uh, demons. Yeah, so like the Sylvans, by which I mean like the elven characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are the four I spent the most time with.
2: Yeah. All right. Then yeah, neither of you really did the stronghold or the tower. Um, basically, let's say stronghold. Basically, you are your typical barbarian Conan types with lots of orcs and goblins and all that instead of Arnolds.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, basically, their main thing is they are most, mostly focused on uh, attack and defense skills instead of magic at all with either of their characters. Mm. Um, and Tower, on the other hand, is pretty much the exact opposite where they're all about magic. And again, using Stuff typically associated with wizards.
0: Yeah. I, I have actually done the, the tower. Now that I'm looking at their uh, their palette,
3: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: but it was through like taking over. So I've done yeah. like a, a giants and goblins, golems, magi, yeah, kind of character. So I've I've taken over that tower and spent some time with it, but I never started with it.
1: Yeah, so. the, the, the the tower. Like, the only only thing that's missing is Saruman at the top.
0: Yep, yeah. yep, yep. It's very, uh, yeah. The uh, each of these have like kind of a love like levels of characters, and I guess they have an actual numerical value. Um, Brian referred to like level four characters or yeah. Creatures. They're um,
2: they're generally called tiers, and you have like one through seven, and they're all uh, supposed to be like across the different town types, they're supposed to be generally about the same mm-hmm. in terms of their um strength or weaknesses,
0: yeah. But that's not necessarily true, like, it's yeah. my understanding too. Like, they're supposed to be, however. You know, different, uh, different town types have clearly, you know, defined best starting units and, and weaker ending units and such.
2: Yep. So. Mm-hmm. One of those things that was never really properly balanced.
0: Yeah. 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 What well, would balance out later, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. And in a game that, that, yeah.
1: that generally feels really well balanced, like, I'm sure that somewhere at that spreadsheet level, you know, there's somebody who's going to raise a, you know, like, w- w- would raise a valid complaint. Um, but I generally felt like really each of them felt a little bit different, but those, the, the, those equivalencies kind of came out in the wash, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, like, I, I, ne- I never felt like, aside from recognizing I really, really liked playing as the, the, the Necropolis and in Inferno, um, you know, just if my preferences, if my preferences were different, I would have had just as, easy of a time or, you know, I would have been as successful if I went with Tower or Stronghold.
0: Yeah. 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 Is it, is it true, Brian? Like you played more, we, I don't think, Cole, did you play any multiplayer? No, no. I, I also did not. Um, is it true? Like, how is the balance in that kind of scene? Like, is there like a, you know, Uber tier, you know, file Destination style <laughs> kind of like rules, you know, meta rules for this or?
2: um The only real meta rules are basically... It's generally looked down upon for people to play as either the Necromancer or the uh, Conflux towns, Mm -hmm. just because they're Mm -hmm. seen as a little more overpowered than the rest. Um, That said, personally, and I know I'm going to get flack for it, (laughs) I don't think they're that bad. It's just a matter of when they're good,
3: Mm -hmm. whether it's
2: like the early game, mid game or like uh, late game. Mm
1: -hmm. Right, right, right. Mm And are there any strategies that are really relied upon, um, to the exclusion of everything else? So like, I remembered in all of my time playing StarCraft, really all that I came across was people who would play as Protoss and build up turrets. And they're just like, Oh, mm-hmm. so now I just need to know that I just have to send battle cruiser after battle cruiser to cut through their turrets because that's what everybody does. Is there like a prevailing one that is seen as like, okay, here's the, here's the way people normally play this game. Even if it is contrary to the way it's designed.
2: Um, I would say the only tactic that's really like that is like what I mentioned earlier, where you load up on units that are immune to Armageddon yeah. and just, mm-hmm. use, um, just cast that over and over. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Armageddon strats, yeah, yeah. yeah. which is which is not a guitar that you have to climb a mountain to get to defeat an overlord, yeah.
1: which which it should be. The, so the, the the only joke I could approach with that is say the that that's the preferred guitar of Eric Clapton. Oh. <laughs> but that's that, that, like that's like that's like five steps away from being like. So let's workshop that and come back to it.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like something that like uh, like for somebody who is in a. Field who has like the kind of prowess that he would gain a nickname, mm-hmm. and is in a field of you know blues music, which is like a real nickname rich field. Mm-hmm. It's telling that that is never that's never been ascribed to him.
3: Well, <laughs> I think that, that,
0: that shows you where that's Thunder at on Clapton. the spectrum. Well, no, yeah,
1: he, 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 I think he's self assigned, and then everybody who is an Eric Clapton fan just calls him Slowhand.
0: Yeah. Or well, you think he's self-assigned Thunder
1: Clapton? No, no, he's a s- okay. slow hand like that. Like that's that's what he calls his play style, and that's ah. like. And, and if you meet somebody who is really, really into Clapton, they, they will they will refer to him as slow and go. Yeah, <laughs> unmeet them. Uh,
0: the uh, the I would think I bet you someone has thought of Thunder Clapton, and I bet you it has been Eric Clapton, and he might have been like, "Hey, guys." Yeah, Thunder Clapton. And then like everyone's like, oh sure, Eric. You know, and then just never called him <laughs> yeah. that. Like I could see him giving himself that nickname. Yeah. But man, <laughs> do you know the the Mr. Show sketch with the uh Heaven Better Save Some Tears? Yep. <laughs> like I God do I love that. <laughs> um that's mm. so good. Yeah. That's so good. I I enjoy that that show coming out when it did and making such merciless fun of Tears in Heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can appreciate that.
1: Yeah, quite a bit. That, that's like my go-to tasteless reference. Is like Tears in Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like in terms of it's like I feel bad about it. I feel bad about making life of somebody's kid die.
0: But not as bad as he should have felt for making money off his kid dying. Yeah, that's is ultimately like, <laughs> was worse.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. It was his kid,
0: not yours. <laughs> I know.
1: <So. laughs> oh, that kid didn't do anything except for be except for be too curious. Um Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Curiosity killed the captain. It's the old saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why, why do I feel bad about that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh well. But you should. <laughs> so do we do we want to talk about uh, um whatever campaigns we played to uh uh get prepared for the for, for, for the uh, uh show here?
0: Yeah, yeah, we can. I mean there's not too much to it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't yeah. remember that much to it. Like I you know, okay, I'm a guy and, and here I am I have to kill everybody on the map. Like there's a story to it. Like the first one was just an introduction in the Long of the King Queen. And the second one was all about recruiting angels. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I introduced those, which are incredibly powerful. That's like the Uber tier unit uh, there. And then there was the uh, about recruiting Griffins, and I couldn't. So. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. So. so,
1: so, so in mine, like, and this is this is the kind of thing that I was kind of shooting for. Like, things came up in 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 my campaigns, at least the first two that I played, that didn't show up in any of the random ones that that that, that I did. Um, specifically, like, little, little scenario lits. Um, or just the way that it was designed so like with uh with the first one which i neglected to get the name of it and god help you if you try and find a list of um missions it is in surprisingly this game. hard it is really really <laughs> hard
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: but 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 like but like for, for 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 that what you know what ended up ended up happening was like i was on the ropes and you know mm-hmm. i thought like okay i really am not going to do too good and then w- what it turned out was Like I was just on the receiving end of a battle of attrition and I just happened to scrape by and I thought, okay, I'm going to go and, you know, counterattack. But after I beat the guy who attacked me, uh, it was like the red army is gone. So the rest of the map was entirely about gearing up in order to go after these, uh, uh, gold dragons that were underground, which was mm. more tough, but like it, it was really kind of this two stage, two tier kind of battle. First taking care of the, first taking care of the, of the army, but then these dragons that are under, you know, that are underground, which are really, really hard because you're, you're, you're talking about taking out, let's say 20 of tier, like 20 tier seven, um, uh, you know elfin enemies um to yeah. go uh which is which is really really hard but uh but yeah like, that like that that's what popped up i mean
0: yeah so so there are like those little unique scenario things in mm-hmm. the the random ones they're just not the, the not the rule yeah. so like there will be weird ones where it's like you know oh this necromancer lord has found this or has you know inspired his troops by telling them about this artifact see if you can find it first mm-hmm and oh, like there so, are like there are alternate wind conditions in yeah.
1: those. So you're you're referring to like the the, uh, the the orphan scenario kind of things. So when I when that's, I, that's say, when, I when I say random ones, I'm referring to like just generate me this size map with the you know, with this kind of army. Let's go. Let's yeah. do this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no, like,
0: I, the, like, I I did most of the ones with the the dumb little stories and setups. Yeah, those are is fun. mostly what I did. Yeah, yeah, they're they're real goofy. Mm-hmm. Like they're real real silly. Yeah. Um, like,
1: like the one that I did, last chance was like you're at the, you're in these borderlands, and there are just four armies that are fighting. And the guy, like the guy who actually owns the kingdom, is like, "You guys are fighting each other instead of guarding my kingdom. If there's more than one of you left, I'm going to kill all of you and put somebody there who can do it. So then it's just a matter of like you have to be the last person standing in mm-hmm. this king's game." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, and then they can give you allies and stuff too which is an interesting way to play mm-hmm. like um, that sounds like you get or I got during the actual uh, campaigns
1: yeah. yeah but yeah mm-hmm. uh, I don't know I mean it's like so the like the Dungeons and Devils campaign was neat just because it did focus so much on the underground um, yeah. as as like a place where you were at home um, in a place that you started out in and like you're just popping up and laying siege to this kingdom that didn't see fit to pave over their hell mouths
0: yeah, <laughs> I know. Put some put some TNT in the mouth of that
1: hell. It's but, a bit, uh, it's a, like it's it's like Skeletor's. It's like Skull Mountain or Grace Castle Skull. <laughs> yeah, just chilling out in yeah. your town. Stop it. Yeah,
0: they look so cool. The um the they remade um, a bunch of the old He-Man toys, mm-hmm. and they're specifically for weird boutique collectors who have way too much money. Right, they're really attractive, but. They, uh, they just redid Castle Grayskull, and it's $300, mm. but it's amazing. <laughs> like, if I was a kid and had this, like, this specific cra- Castle Grayskull instead of the shitty Castle Grayskull that I had when I was younger, mm-hmm. I'd have flipped my shit. Like, all kinds of working parts and trap doors and jails and, like, a landing pad for the, the jet that comes with it mm-hmm. or that you can get, like, secret doors and everything like yeah. that. Like, those kind of playsets are a lost art yeah. and are fucking rad.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the the only extravagant toy set like that that I would that, that I would possibly consider spending money on would be a Lego Millennium Falcon. Mm. I know you don't like Star, Star Wars, but that would be my my extravagance. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I'm not I'm not going to buy a three hundred dollar Castle call I know, but like, it, it's like the size of a piece of furniture. I
1: don't <laughs> you can recognize it's <laughs> cool. you would set it up on a table in your rumpus room where uh, where, where somebody a generation before two generations before would set up a, a model train.
0: Yeah, or a bumper pool. Yeah. Set. Oh, Instead man, I've bumper got, pool. <laughs> I've got a Castle call.
1: <laughs> yeah. He-Man-themed bumper pool? Yeah.
0: Ooh, yeah. Yeah. He-Man, yeah, He-Man-themed anything. Let's do it. He-Man-themed uh, Heroes of Might and Magic. Yeah. I'll take it. They're the rich mythology. <laughs> you could have the, uh, the forces of Hordak uh, and stuff. There are different factions.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: that's one of those things. You could reskin this to be a bunch of different things. Hmm.
0: Wonder, would it be interesting if there was like a modding scene for this the same way there was with like Doom? You know, with like reskins of, of different kinds of units and you know, it being what it was at the time, like you'd be like Sailor Moon and things. Like <laughs> that's what I remember from Doom mods or Doom wads were like, I thought like Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and well, this... if I got
2: news for you, Gary. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah there, there is a modding scene. I don't know if there is a reskin <laughs> of Sailor Moon. But, uh <laughs> yes, there is definitely, like, reskins like that, as well as, like, some actual good total conversions.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What do the total conversions do? Like, what kinds of total conversions?
2: Um, there's one that tried to stick kind of close to the original um, ideas, and basically just adds, like, a pirate town kind of uh theme. Hmm. And then changes some of the stats. Um, and there's another one which is more popular called uh, In the Wake of Gods, and that was done by some crazy Russians, and it's <laughs> I mean like they did a whole bunch of stuff with scripting and everything else. They really changed what you could do with the uh game itself hmm like for like just one quick example is uh like the uh just regular like monster stacks can actually start wandering around,
0: oh wow, wow. so like there actually are random encounters, yeah, and when you're cruising around, that's interesting,
3: yeah,
1: huh. Yeah, so so you, I was going to bring them up, but you actually just mentioned them. But uh, yeah, in the wake of the gods is like a it's a it's a free fan made expansion. Like it's a whole thing that's mentioned on the Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. Hmm. check that out. I wonder if that would work with the GOG installation. I'm sure that somebody oh I bet it does. Yeah, yeah. Like GOG
0: is very mindful of that when they port something. Yeah, like they want it to work with all the existing, you know, improvements that people have made. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, do we, what do we, what, do, what have we not covered? Like it's, it, it, I think this game is like an unqualified recommendation. Like it's really yeah. fun. Like I, I had a lot of fun with it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if you, if you like strategy games and even if you really don't, like I'm not a strategy guy game, strategy game guy. I'm not a strategy guy game. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, really liked it. Like it's, it's, it's very fun and it makes me, like I'm talking about it as making me want to play it, which is dumb mm-hmm. because I just finished playing it for the show.
3: Yeah. Like,
0: uh, but I've been playing it a lot.
3: Yeah. So
1: it, it kind of seems like one of those games you get you know weird enough for a game where a match takes like 2-3 hours to play, I could see myself just picking it up and playing it a couple turns and then putting it down kind of again in that in that civ rhythm and all that makes me want is uh is you know the uh, an iPad version of it honestly. Yeah, we
0: were talking about that. Yeah. And we we're recording for Bonfire side chat. Yeah, like make sure. an iOS version of this. Mm-hmm. Or just like a clone. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I would I would be fine with that. Like this gameplay would work really well
1: that. Oh, what's the uh what's that puzzle game? The uh the something something of Might and Magic. Um that that that, that was iOS. It was oh man, now I'm going to need to look this up cuz I'm going to feel like an idiot. But it's a cl- uh, class Clash of Heroes of yeah, Might and clash, Magic. Clash yeah, Clash of, yeah. yeah. of Heroes yeah. of Might and Magic. Wow. Yeah. Really fun. Is it good? Yeah. I have not played it. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of like a um oh, man, I don't even know how to say it. It's like a match 3, but uh, you have an army at the bottom and you're shooting uh you're shooting jewels up to the hmm. uh to the top hmm yeah hmm. I don't know but uh I, I feel like I've said everything I need to say I agree with you in general like it's uh it's it's really fun I kind of want to get better at it <laughs> like I would like to I'd like to feel like I'm competent um and have a better have a better um you know record of results right yeah me too yeah
0: me too the, like when you do when you complete one of the uh the little scenarios you get that awesome little cutscene with the dragon yeah like the might and magic dragon mm-hmm. on the pile of gold I keep getting the rank. I keep getting is monk. I don't know what that means. Like, is that yeah. what is that? What is that better or worse than? I don't. Um, um,
2: yeah, there, there's point system, but it's really oddly done. It's like, like part of it is if you use a grail or not, whether or not there is one. Part of it is how long you took to win, and hmm. the other part mm-hmm. is like difficulty, and it's it doesn't make much sense. If you it's ask it's like me.
0: Metal Gear Solid yeah. Animal. <laughs> like rankings. Yeah. yeah like but you, were, again, you
2: were the mongoose. <laughs> yeah. But they make even less sense basically. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so that, that's something we didn't talk about was the grail as a, uh, as, as a thing that's out there in in, in mm-hmm. these maps, like this right. notion of going to these obelisks and getting pieces like puzzle pieces of, uh, um, of a map where this thing is, is buried. And really all you do is if, if, if the goal isn't just to get this grail, um, the, you take that back to a city and then it gives you a really overpowered city. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: and that's the win condition for a lot of those little individual scenarios.
1: Yeah,
0: um, or an alternate win condition. You can always just beat everybody. Yeah, but you can do the alternate one if you want. Mm-hmm.
2: Did either of you end up using the gra- or uh, getting the Grail?
1: No, I did not get a Grail. And the, okay. the, <laughs> does the tutorial count? No, it does not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again, like it makes it sound like I feel like I hope it doesn't come off to people listening that. We haven't done due diligence. Yeah. It should just be stressed that like playing one of these scenarios is like a two-hour thing. Yeah. So you know, I played you know maybe five scenarios, made a really solid stab at the the campaign, mm-hmm. everything. I, I played you know between fifteen and twenty hours. There's just a lot to
3: it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, it was never going to be something I was going to have the kind of you know uh, encyclopedic knowledge of like a Fallout Two for. Yeah.
1: You know, like it just doesn't have
0: it. Doesn't. Worry it didn't work that way. Like it's all stuff I'm going to try, but mm-hmm. did not end up getting a chance to try before yeah. before recording time.
1: But the, the the possibility space is just so wide.
0: Yeah, um, I, mean, the, the I mean the way. biggest thing is I want to try the the other kinds of towns. Yeah. So like that that's my number one priority for when I play in the future. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I mean, is there anything big that we missed, Brad?
2: Uh, trying to think, I don't think so. I mean. The- Is there stuff that you missed? Yeah, but it's just all (laughs) a bunch of sort of, you know, little side stuff. Like, you know, nothing actually big, important. Just stuff you learn as you play the game, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: It's usually I have an aversion to an endless game. Like, I like to have part of the reason why I will move towards games that are narrative focused, even if it's not, you know, traditionally that, but that have a narrative is because I usually like a game with a beginning and an end. Um, and then games that are you know something like a Counter Strike or a Starcraft or anything like that like, I'm usually kind of averse to, mostly just because I don't want to get addicted to something that doesn't have an end because my you know my game playing time is so precious. Um, but you know this is something that's like kind of turning into an exception yeah. for that. Like I'm not saying I'm going to turn into this you know get obsessed <laughs> with it or anything. But as I said, it's it's rare for me to finish a game for Watch Out for Fireballs and want to play it like more or less right after I record.
1: Yeah, but. So here, here's how I describe it. Like the, this kind of game, this is emblematic of like a game as an appliance, as like a box that you go to and it does roughly the same thing, and it's just there always, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to being this linear, um, you know, the, the you know something like a book with a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. 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 Or like a toy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, actually, that does remind me of one thing we did miss: um, the map editor that comes with it. Oh, yeah. I've never used it that much myself, but I have experimented with it a bit. And it is really nice, the sort of features you can do, because besides laying out all the terrain and everything, you also get options for when you place um, creatures, you can place, you know, is it just a set amount of one type of creature? Is it a random amount of... Whatever level of creature, and they mm-hmm. can also tell it to do things such as make them auto join one faction or another.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's like a, like a really ridiculous scene for all that stuff. Like I imagine, like if you wanted to turn this game into your life, you could. <laughs> you can go online and find people who are creating custom maps, and I mean, and the biggest thing that we, Cole, and I didn't touch on, which I regret, is people just to play with like I, I probably should have tried some some multiplayer but it's all like lan based right like there's not a you know battle net matchmaking kind of thing
2: not a uh, battle net type thing um if i remember right because it has been a while because i didn't do multiplayer for when we uh, did the research on this um if i remember right i think it's it works with the uh, you do like a direct connect to somebody's ip type thing
0: yeah yeah which would be which would be cool like i should i should give that a shot too Okay. And there's probably message boards out there of people trading that information and hooking up over Hamachi.
1: Dun- mm-hmm. Download a copy of Games by Arcade.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, then, then read a couple of panels of Penny Arcade because it's at the bottom there. And then do search for a server. Then
0: mm-hmm. you're
3: good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So.
3: Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Um, there is actually still a good number of sites out there that have collections of maps that people have made. But the only problem is is they all look like early, well, late 90s. Penises? Late 90s penises?
3: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> like it's all Kurt Cobain and I guess that's early 90s penises. <laughs>
3: like
0: Shannon Hoon. <laughs> like, uh, what do they actually look like before I interrupted you to say penises?
2: <laughs> no, they all look like very early web style. Um, mm. like a, yeah. Easiest way to describe it is just web 1.0 type stuff. Bunch yeah. of frames everywhere's and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: a lot of construction workers.
2: Yes, yeah. actually, a Maybe. lot of very bad gifs. I love frames. Yeah,
0: why wouldn't you want to be able to scroll at two different rates <laughs> on two different sections of a web page?
1: <laughs> oh man, it's the best. Yeah. So uh, should we should we bring this to a close?
0: I, I think so. It's kind of a weird
1: episode. Like, yeah. I think we got a lot of like we. I feel like we did a good job
0: explaining what this game is. Yeah. But it's, it, you know, it was, it was always going to be an odd episode to do just because of the nature of the game. But the, uh, yeah, it's, it's always nice. Like one of the things, my favorite things that happens with watch out for fireballs and it doesn't always happen, but I love playing something that I haven't played before and having it be really good. Like that is, that's a really fun experience in the show, like your earth bounds and and the like. Yeah. So, so thank you, Brian.
1: Yes. Thank you very much for bringing this, uh, to our attention. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And for for your donation as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. For being a being a wonderful man,
1: mm-hmm.
0: based cool. on based on my limited knowledge of you, <laughs> a wonderful man, you can still turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the,
1: um, Got a couple minutes left.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah,
1: yep. mm-hmm. Um, cool. So, um, in terms of um admin kind of things, is there a uh, is is there anything that you would like to plug, Brian? Twitter, uh. Twitter-wise or anything or.
2: Well, you guys have seen how much I post, so <laughs> not really. Yeah,
1: that's, I don't think I've ever, so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, I am bad yeah. at paying attention to Twitter. Um, the, um,
0: yeah, just just send general well wishes towards Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Think fondly on him. Hmm. If, uh, if you're ever committing a random crime and the person is named Brian, think twice. Yeah. You never know. It might be this Brian. <laughs> um.
1: How many could there be? Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, on our end. Um, so we're, we did this. What do we have coming up next?
1: Well, um, our next episode is going to be about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, we're going to be doing something um, a little bit different with that. There's going to be the main episode, uh, which is going to be about uh, the tabletop game. Um, and the the more I think about it, the more I want to spend time talking about the various uh, incarnations of it in video games um, and the influence. I, I...
0: Like I mean, that's not what we plan to do. I think there's enough stuff there for a, for a, a whole episode. Yeah. Like literally, just like games based on Dungeons and Dragons. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I've been for for the longest time. That has been my like. I'm praying for Retronauts to do that so they could yeah. have me on. Like, <laughs> do do a do a games based on Dungeons and Dragons. I know so many of them. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Um, but the uh, yeah, I'm fucking excited about that because mm-hmm. I love D and D. Me Spend this like winter of elves <laughs> and beholders.
1: Yeah. Um, oh man. That's funny. Yeah. Uh but then the uh kind of the extra so for that is going to be a play session that we recorded back in uh back in October. Um mm-hmm. when I was out in Portland. Uh that uh your friend Levi uh bonfire side chat alum. Um he ran the campaign very very uh well. And um yeah, it was a good time and you're going to get to listen in on that. Audio quality, eh, you know, be recorded from a thing at the center of the table, so hit or miss, but uh yeah.
0: Yeah, audio quality, and then, like, it's not, it's a really long session, so it's yeah. gonna be more, it's gonna be a big bulk thing. It's not gonna mm-hmm. be meticulously edited to edit out every, every sigh and, and, you know, clearing of throat. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it should, it should be fun to listen to.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, after that, we are doing a double episode, um, which we are doing Star Fox and Pokemon Snap. Yeah. So are our rail shooter theme pairing mm-hmm. for
1: that. Great. Very excited uh, about that, um, specifically Pokemon Snap. But, uh, you know, Star Fox is one of my first SNES games. So this is yeah. going to be like a nice little trip down memory lane.
0: I love it, too, primary, partly because um, and there, but I, I can say it, you know, when you do like a thing on the internet, any amount of feedback feels like a lot of feedback. <laughs> so if you don't hear anybody say anything about something, somebody, one person saying something feels like a lot. Yeah. But our buddy Murph is just like, I don't understand why you guys are doing Pokemon Snap. That game is boring <laughs> and stupid. He didn't say that. But yeah. the... Uh, It'll be interesting to to give it the treatment and see, like, is this something I have justifiable fond feelings for? Mm -hmm. And if so, like, it'll be interesting to articulate it because I don't Mm -hmm. feel like this game has really been looked at, you know, in any way. Yeah. (laughs) I think that most people make the assumption that it Mm -hmm. is a baby game for babies
1: (laughs) and that there's nothing to it. Yeah.
0: But that's not that's not my instinct. But
1: this also uh, this also continues our trend of taking beloved franchises and doing our first episode them on them on the weirdest entry in that franchise. Yeah, like <laughs> your your Metroid fusions or your yeah. Super Mario Land two. Okay, so the next yeah. one is so so the episode after that is going to be about Seaman Man and Hey You Pikachu. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, our <laughs> dual episode of Sea. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> I never I never played uh Hey You Pikachu. Yeah. In fact, I'm a you know, unashamed poka Pokemon fan. Pokemaniac. Yeah. Pokemaniac indeed. You can yeah. even call me a Pokemaniac. Um I wanna play Pokemon Snap right now too. <laughs> um the, Do both. Uh, yeah, I can play that yeah, at the same time I play Heroes, Might and Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we doing after that, Cole?
1: Well, um, we're going to be doing another listener-suggested episode. This is going to be about Master of Orion 2, which is our first 4X game. And that was suggested by um, our colleague here at the network, Brayden Cameron. Yeah. Uh, my buddy and yours, Brayden Cameron. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's a real it's a strategy winter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different kind of strategy game. It'll be interesting to, to do that. I like that game a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so fun times ahead. And then we have, like I said, the rest of our year planned out.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I guess it's only half a year now at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're... Yeah, we have,
0: <laughs> we planned, like, up through July, and it's all good stuff. Yeah. So.
1: Very, very excited. So Indeed. Um, 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 in terms of things you can check out, um, check out check it out Comrade, which is in, a show that Gary does.
0: Yeah, the episode that's going up uh, as we record features Dennis Furia from The Level. Mm. Um, talking about Eldrick and are being hunted. So... That'll be up a little bit later today. And, uh, yeah, it's a real good episode. We're kind of getting into this rhythm of doing thematic pairs mm-hmm. for things, um, which, is kind of, which is kind of cool. So, like, that's yeah. the, you know, the uh, um, kind of rogue like first-person exploration mm-hmm. pairing. And uh, I think we're, we're going to record – the next thing we're going to record is going to be, like, a Doom-inspired. So we're doing a teleglitch and uh, paranormal activity. Hmm. So weird indie takes on kind of the doom yeah. doom formula,
1: yeah so, if you end up doing a starbound, can I request to be on that
0: yeah okay
1: yeah you de- you definitely can if the uh
0: i i don't i don't know like you 'll have to sell me on starbound <laughs> as somebody who is real lukewarm on minecraft and terraria okay, so um you'd have to sell me on it first, but you you definitely have a reserve spot cool i've been looking for an excuse to get more people people on the show, so sorry. Um, in addition to checking that out, um, you can also check out uh, Bonfire Side Chat, which is about Souls games. Abject Suffering, which is about essentially just about whatever we might feel like talking about, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but using the framework of a, a bad video game. Mm-hmm. Um, Pilot Season, uh, which is my variety show, and The Level, which I mentioned, featuring mm-hmm. that Dennis Furia fellow. Yeah. Um, two other guys who don't like Dishonored and cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, l-
1: listen to the most recent episode that at the very end, like, we, we, we talk about why they're crazy for not liking Dishonored.
0: Okay. I, I'm, go- I'm going, to, I don't always listen to that show. Like, mm-hmm. I listen to it a lot. I don't always listen to it, but that I saw that in the, the description earlier today. Yeah. And I was like, well, I gotta hear this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to have a nice, uh, listening to something while seething experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. man. And it'll
0: bring you and I closer together because you'll be my, <laughs> my surrogate in that discussion. <laughs> I'll feel closer to Cole afterwards. Ah, yeah.
1: So, um, and then if, if you're tired of listening to stuff and you want to use your eyes, uh, there's Hex Crank. Uh, yeah. Which uh, just put out an article about uh, Friday the 13th for NES and then moving on down to Sweet Home. which Yeah, is... the Friday
0: the 13th article is really good. Thank you. I wanted uh, to mention that. Like, I read that uh, like a couple days ago. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. I, it might be my favorite that you've done for the blog yet. So. Yeah. so
1: Mm-hmm. Real fun talking about survival horror games. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been kind of a long episode, a long admin section, but, um, y'all have been killing it on the, uh, Amazon link. Thank you for that. Um, mm-hmm. in addition, uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. Um, and yeah.
0: Yeah. Ratings, reviews, iTunes, tip jar, all mm-hmm. that stuff is very useful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's probably about all we got.
3: Yeah.
0: um, yeah. Do we have anything else? Any, any final thoughts, Brian? Do you feel like we, we did the game justice as the expert? We we're coming at it, you know, from, from a position of newness?
2: Uh, no, I think I've covered pretty much the main bits. I mean, like yeah. I said earlier, it's, at this point, it's just discussing all bunch of little minutia stuff. And <laughs> so, unless you want to make a new, uh, show on the network for Heroes of Might and <laughs> Magic. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the, the heroes, uh, the, the heroes of heroes of might and magic yeah. podcast. Um, uh, in this episode, we're talking about the lumber mill. Yeah. Now, the, the, the thing about the lumber mill is like, there's two lumber per, per day. And, this, this, and to talk about this episode, we have with us Warren Spector. Warren <laughs> Seems like a weird get, but we did it. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, you guys want to talk about Epic Mickey three? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure, we did, buddy. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> is that the one with J.C. Denton in it?
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> is that one of the good ones or is that one of the shitty wee ones? Yeah. I can't remember. Hmm. Anywho. Anyway. Um. You no. Know, until what? Uh. What should we watch out for then? Uh, watch out for warlocks. Yeah. Yeah. Magogs. Watch out for Magogs. <laughs> watch out for Gogs. Watch out for yeah. Magog.com. Yeah, watch out for Magog sales. Yeah. Um, my good old games. Yeah, ma- watch out for my
1: good old games. <laughs> Thanks again, Brian. Yeah. 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 yeah.